is it? It's me, Snakes. I got the stuff. Leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of here. All right, Johnny. But what about my money? What money? AC said you had some dough for me. That a fact. How much do I owe you? AC said 10%. Too bad AC ain't in charge no more. What do you mean? He's upstairs taking a bath. He'll call you when he gets out. Hey, I tell you what I'm going to give you, Snakes. I'm going to give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. All right, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm going. One, two, ten. Keep the change, you filthy animal. God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? My fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Andy! You goody! Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 81 Home Alone. Yes, the big Christmas finale. Here we are. We're in it. What is it the finale of? Christmas? The two-part holiday special. Oh, okay. (laughs) The epic conclusion. Now, this is uh, a movie that you had kind of mentioned wanting to do around Christmas, like, I don't know, literally nine months ago. Whoa. Six to nine months ago, and now that it's here, you act like you don't want to do it at all. I don't know and where not really uh, contributing anything. It came from. I don't know. Had we were we watching it on TV at the time or anything when I? No, I don't it? think so. Because yeah. I really haven't seen this movie that many times, but it does remind me of Christmas. Honestly, I probably I'm. This might be the movie I've seen the most times. Oh in my wow! Life. Well, it's certainly up there. It seems like the content we should be able to. Uh, get some joy out of a couple of old dudes being bested by some douchebag kid yeah well i mean i don't really know who to relate to anymore in yeah this movie that is tough uh old man whatever his last name is the guy who uh <laughs> legendarily murdered his family with a shovel <laughs> is it like marley oh yeah is marley. It really is that that seems a little too on the nose yeah but it, it definitely probably starts with is a, M, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it's Marley. Um, I don't know. Maybe Buzz. Yeah, would be me. <laughs> you are. Well, I think uh, if you walked into a grocery store in line behind the ca- uh, character Kevin in this movie, your uh, grocery carts might not be that different. I mean, just filled with junk food and soda. <laughs> 
you basically grocery shop like a kid whose parents are out of town. Well, when he actually grocery shops, though, he buys like real food. Does he buy like razors? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he might buys a, that microwave dinner, and he's like, "Hell yeah!" He, he asks the cashier, "Like, have you tried these?" And she's like, "No." And he's like, "Eh, I'll give it a whirl." <laughs> and she's just like, "What?" Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean the the initial junk food binge with like the marshmallow and ice cream and chocolate syrup and all that stuff. <laughs> just <laughs> everyday life. I wish. Yeah. I wish I could eat like ice cream like that all the time. Right. So yeah, uh this is, you know, I guess like last year around this time we kind of tackled uh Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Was that in the holiday season? It certainly was. All right. And although not a holiday movie, but um this is like kind of similar territory. Uh the film Home Alone came out in 1990. I think Honey, I Shrink the Kids was like 89. Um, real like nostalgia blast for people in our age range. Probably one of the most well-known, recognizable soundtracks. Is that true? <laughs> Certainly associated. Well, it's like, it has like an original John Williams score that's like instantly recognizable. Oh, yeah, that's And right, yeah. always voted as like one of the best scores. And has pretty much defined what Christmas songs remain popular. That's I mean, true. Obviously, there have been some new ones post-1990 that are popular or whatever, but I mean, as far as like some of the classic Mariah ones, Carey Christmas. Yeah, but which like... I saw on vinyl at Urban Outfitters yesterday. Very tempted to pick it up. Um, <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It's kind of it does have that kind of iconic uh Christmas time status. Uh obviously uh it was hugely successful. Spawned a whole bunch of sequels. I enjoy Home Alone 2 even though it's ridiculous and I've never seen any of the other ones. Yeah, Home Alone 2, what a wild plot really. This one you can kind of buy the beginning of. Yeah, well this one, I mean there's a ton of things that are, you know, <laughs> not real right. in this, but I mean, the initial story, the whole premise, like the setup, is at least somewhat plausible. Yeah, especially at a time when you could rush through the airport. In oh like five yeah, seconds. right. I, well, that certainly, uh, you know, shows you a different time. But also, it's like, I wonder ev- why they made the airports like harder to get through. Like, yeah, I don't what know. Is the story Maybe there? I feel like something significant may have happened at some point. But, yeah, I will say, the, that that scene of people just running through an airport gives me such anxiety. I never really got anxiety from this movie just because I just don't like. I knew being my parents late. were losers and there was no way that they were ever going to go anywhere. <laughs> so it's like, well, this, I, this scenario is never going to well, happen. Well, I just think about, yeah, just being late and having to run through the airport and it's like, is the airplane even still at the terminal? I, I I don't know. Running just, off, running down the the tunnel to get onto the plane, yeah. and the plane not being there, and just right. falling into the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be like less embarrassing than just like running through the packed airport. <laughs> I just don't want people to watch me run. Because <laughs> whenever I see people running through, like I'm just like, oh man, 
What a poor soul. Now, I actually saw this movie in the theater way back when. Wow. Uh, I do not believe I did since I was three years old. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I saw this. um, I also saw the sequel, Home Alone 2, on like a special sneak preview. Strangely enough, I saw Halloween 3, Halloween, Home Alone 3 in theaters. If I saw Halloween 3 in theaters, that would have been incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'd be like a time traveler. Uh, Uh, Which I don't even know at this point who the actor was that plays the kid in uh, Home Alone 3. Well, I think we looked it up recently and we still didn't know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you want to say that it's like that one kid from Jerry Maguire, but it's definitely not. No, no, (laughs) no. It's some other poor soul. Yeah. It's probably doing worse off than we are right now in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the kid from like Camp Nowhere. <laughs> or a kid from Camp Waziata. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think Home Alone 3 actually came out around Waziata time. Oh, probably. I think it was like yeah, 97-ish. Right, right in that zone. I definitely didn't see it in the theater. I've never seen it at all. I If you would have really pressed me, I might have said didn't even have a theatrical run, but I guess yeah, it did. Yeah, it definitely did. Shouldn't have. No. Were the criminals the same? No, no. It was like a whole... I think it was a group of like four, with one being female. Oh. It was like a terrorist group. <laughs> really? No, I don't. I don't know what they were. I mean, I, I barely remember it. I mean... Even as a kid, I would go see whatever garbage in theaters every weekend. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, I mean, I remember I definitely feel like even as a kid, the anticipation for Home Alone 2 was like off the charts. Because, you see, I'm a little bit older than you. So Home Alone was like the biggest thing imaginable. It was like the defining mo- movie of that like age group because I yeah, was about yeah. like seven ish when it came out. So I mean, oh yeah, I basically was a kindred spirit to Macaulay Culkin at that point. I mean, we were I can very similar age. Definitely remember uh, being afraid of like my furnace in the basement or whatever. <laughs> I was certainly well into that high part. school. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean. So, there was certainly a time when even Home Alone, like going into Home Alone 2, that this was like, you, I could, you could not have gotten me more excited for something as far as a movie. Wow. Heading into that time period. And it was packed. It was like a sold out sneak preview at a theater I'd never been to before that was kind of a little farther away. I believe it was either in Harmerville or Monroeville. Both of those theaters are gone now. <laughs> I can remember they used to like advertise sneak previews. And I think for years I was like, well, what even is that? Well, we I just, was like, does that mean you get like an extended preview well, before when we a different just, movie? Uh, right. Uh, the new Star Wars the one other was day, there was happening. a sneak preview for... Well, that's a weird sneak preview because technically that movie is out in other right. cities, so... Uh, not something you hear about that much though anymore. No, not really. But I did see an, I did see Jay and Silent Bob strike back a week early on, on a sneak preview. Wow. And then not that many people saw it after that. Yeah. The sneak really. preview was basically it's big weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll have that. Um, all right. So, <clears throat> well, I'd like to get into the, that'll do it. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> Real quick before we wrap up, <laughs> the family dynamic right at the beginning of the movie. That actually seems more stressful to me than Holy the airport. Holy shit. What all is going on here? I still it, don't know who Kevin's brothers and sisters oh, I know. are versus well, yeah, his no cousins. one looks related. I mean, no one. <laughs> well, uh, there's so many kids. And you think it's like a step-by-step type situation, you know? No, Catherine O'Hara was just pumping those kids right, out. But, but we're really, it's, we're, there's like other families involved here when we get into the mix Yeah, but here, once right? they it's actually like show, cousins. okay, when they show up at the end and it's just uh, Catherine O'Hara and... Uh, what's his name? John Hurd or whatever. Yeah. And so you assume that all the kids that are with him then at that point are brothers and sisters. There's a shit ton of them. Oh, yeah. Still. Just a giant house in the suburbs uh, keeping this family. But I don't know. No Never one... really any indication as to what the parents do for no, a living. No. Right. How they have this house. And... I mean, what are they? They're going to Paris for Christmas? Is that what's going on yes. here? <laughs> what a just like pretentious move really yeah that does seem crazy to me yeah. i think I, whenever i first saw this movie that whole idea of going somewhere like that where it wasn't like you were going to visit family it was basically like a vacation christmas was so foreign to me that yeah. i still i i could never quite wrap my mind around it and it seems insane that they would do it again uh, well yeah two years later or you whatever you would think Catherine o'hare <laughs> would never would never dream of having a vacation again after this but this stresses me out too because even though i uh do like to travel a bit i i like to keep things light i bring like one messenger bag no fucking checking luggage i mean this family has like a million people imagine all the bags having to take all these people and like check into hotels and shit it's just a lot to manage yeah i mean (laughs) I guess as far as like our take here, there's no way to really differentiate between most of the characters right. as far as like the McAllisters. We really just know Buzz is his brother. We know Buzz, and obviously Pete from Pete and Pete is involved. I is, think he's a cousin. Okay, right. But I don't know. Yeah. Big Pete, by the way. Big Pete. And uh, Macaulay Culkin's real-life brother, is that Kieran? I don't know. There's Rory. I right? think it's probably Kieran. Cause yeah. Rory, I think, was the youngest. I don't right? know. I don't know. Who knows? One of the other Culkins is like the cousin that pees the bed. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> Most relatable character for me. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, and then he has that one older female cousin who's yeah. kind of hot, has like curly hair, who's... The one that does the head count when they're getting into the van. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> for so, I mean, there's so many of them that they they have, like, shuttle vans from the airport show up to drive them. Yeah. Uh, bas- I, something that was just completely unrelatable for me. All this stuff that was going on here. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy scene because they order a bunch of pizzas. That's really... The funny thing that I think people don't often... This is one of those movies, and I think we've done some before on the podcast, where the opening of the movie is confusing and strange because it's one of those movies that 99% of the time when you watch it, it's that you've turned it on at some point and it's on TV and you never actually see the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So the beginning of this is kind of this very slow opening of just... 
uh, Joe Pesci dresses a policeman I, I, in a busy house. When we were watching this, I, I was like, I have no memory of this. I don't remember Joe Pesci being in the beginning of the movie like this. I remembered that, but I didn't. I, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure. I realized that was the first scene. Yeah. I always, but I, then again, if you would have asked me what's the first scene, I would have been like, I don't know. By the way, the <laughs> the motive of Joe Pesci to do this, I mean, he's. I guess he's confirming what he already knows, which, which is, is that, that they're, they're going to be on be vacation, there. and right? he's asking them basic security questions like what kind of like alarms or locks do you under have under the guise of he says there's been break-ins yeah. in the area yeah he's making sure that there, he's not going to get surprised with something because the idea would be yeah. that the people would trust a policeman and then tell them if it's like oh no man we got this crazy security system kind of thing meanwhile this family can't be bothered by the police officer he's no. just hanging out in like the foyer like yeah, the idea is that they're so hectically tr- trying to like pack and get together. It seems crazy though because they have relatives in that don't necessarily live in the house. It's a couple of days before Christmas. I can't. I'm not really sure which day. Maybe like the twenty second, twenty third, something like that. And like, you know, they're ordering pizza. There's like a huge delivery of pizza arriving. Everyone's there. It. it to me, it, I would be like, why are we going to Paris? Yeah. Can't what? we just like exchange our presence? This house is huge. Everyone's right. here. This seems fun and crazy and exciting, especially if you're like a kid. You're like, oh, my cousins are here. This is like wild. You want to know what's better than Paris? Sitting here eating pizza. Yes. I mean, that is Paris to me. <laughs> that, that's like the name of my biography. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sitting here eating pizza is my Paris. Yes. The sex show door story. Uh, but what happens early on that Kevin gets like banished or whatever to. Because uh, he doesn't go to his room, right? Well, no. We never actually see his room, I don't think. Okay. Unless we do later in the film. What but is he, even he, then, he seems to be staying in other people's rooms. Does he rooms. get in a fight with Buzz or something? What? Well, is- but, like, all the cheese pizza somehow oh. is gone, which makes no sense. I mean, it literally Was is like five seconds later, and then there's no. I mean, they have a lot of pizza, but. I, I don't know. But then he, like, Buzz tells him the cheese pizza is gone and he freaks out and attacks him because Buzz is, like, here. He's like, the only way you're going to get some is if someone pukes it up for you. And he's like, huh, wait, grab a plate. And he starts pretending to puke. <laughs> Buzz, just an ass. <laughs> Buzz is, like, literally the worst. Right. <laughs> he's like, I wouldn't let you sleep in here if you were growing on my ass. <laughs> What a burn from... <laughs> what a disgusting monster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Kevin gets in trouble, right? For I guess yeah. for attacking Buzz? Well, because it, it causes... He knocks into someone, which spills a drink, and all this stuff gets ruined, and people are f- f- freaking out, and then they're like, get out of here, or whatever. It definitely just seems that amid all of the chaos and whatnot that... Uh, Kevin kind of feels like the odd man out. Like he's yeah. getting dumped on by everybody. He's uh, he has to sl- share a bed with the peeing cousin. He has to. Oh yeah. Uh, he's then uh, banished to seclusion in the West Wing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and that's kind of I guess what what ends up happening is a storm uh, makes the electricity go out. No one's alarms are set anymore. Uh, well, yeah, the pandemonium. Next, a night of pandemonium is only topped then by the next morning when everyone's 
when they've overslept and they're afraid they're going to miss their flight and they're basically have to rush to get there, which obviously is what kind of leads to Kevin being overlooked. I do have like several memories of being younger and this is certainly something uh, from the nineties of digital clocks uh, running your life. Kind of the pre cell phone where, where the power would go out and just no alarm set in the morning. Yeah. I mean, what a time. I mean, well, I guess like the, I guess like uh, fuller who is the cousin that pees, I guess oh, yeah, he ends yeah. up not sleeping in the, up there with Kevin. Right. Because Kevin I, uh, alone. I would assume that that would have led to, there's no way they would, you know, obviously Fuller ends up on the trip, so there's no, and there's no way they would have got both of them. And if Fuller either had wet the bed or woke up or whatever, I feel like, you know, none of this would have happened. It's just like, Kevin had to sleep in the attic by himself. This house seems huge. I mean, there is a ton of people in it. I don't know. It just seems crazy that they wouldn't be like, all right, here's like a sleeping bag or whatever. They got to drag this family of like 500 through <laughs> customs too. 500. It's just like, oh, what a stressful trip. I would be like, the next year, just the immediate family. Just which the is parents. Still, just yeah, the adults exactly. are going to Paris. Catherine O'Hare. Come on. <laughs> I need to get some quality time in. I spend all this time with these friggin' kids. Yeah, what a nightmare yeah. life is. Really? It's like... God, if the I can't even imagine having to like try to drag like seventy three kids through the airports, flying to another fucking country, right? On Christmas, and they're all gonna be crying about their terrible presents and whatever. It's like, how are they even planning on doing anything? I don't know, but the start of them being gone really just the dream of <laughs> my young life, always wanting to be home alone. I mean, the days staying home sick from school, some of the best days of my life, really, <laughs> eating all the freezer pizzas. But, I, I mean, you do think, like, this would turn pretty scary pretty quick, and that's not even factoring in that two uh, criminals are kind of stalking your house. Yeah, I mean, I'm just confirming now that the old man is old man Marley. Uh, who we got the introduction to and in the back, the fake backstory right. of from Buzz. Oh yeah, right, yeah. And that's when filling he... us in on the uh, uh, shovel murders. Yeah, kind of. Uh, you know, a very uh, this. Uh, I, I think most people know that this movie was written by John Hughes. Uh, you know, who wrote a lot of popular films from the eighties into the nineties. That's true. And. Yeah. Uh, including Beethoven and all of the Beethoven sequels oh, right. under, a Beethoven. under a pseudonym because he was Featuring, probably too embarrassed to... Kara uh, from The Wonder Years, <laughs> which ties in here because we have Daniel Stern. Yeah. The narrator of The Wonder Years. comes full circle. That's right. Every greatest moment tied together. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Kevin's living this dream scenario where... Because, you know, his big, like emotional outcry like at his kind of um i guess you know what his perceived unfair treatment by his parents and you know every all of his older family members is that he wishes his family would disappear and then of course when he wakes up after everyone's rushed out unknowingly to the airport he thinks that they have disappeared he doesn't really fully grasp what's happened well he was kind of wishing them away the night before and he thinks his wish came true. Literally 
what I just said. What a dumbass, though, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I It's hard to like be older now and look at this movie from the perspective of Kevin, even though like ultimately I always kind of would relate to Kevin because I was that age when I saw it. Um, like even now, looking back at Buzz, Buzz still feels like an older brother, even though Buzz can't be older than like 12 right. or 13 in this movie. Yeah, I remember seeing this as a kid and thinking Buzz seemed a lot older. <laughs> Seems like he's 35. Yeah, I, I mean, he doesn't, watching it now, he doesn't even seem that much older than Kevin. <laughs> Buzz is like a 35-year-old brother right. living there with a tarantula. <laughs> I mean, I always thought that was kind of a ridiculous thing, too. I mean, these parents wouldn't step in and be like, no, we're not keeping this in the house. He's like a trunk with Playboys and firecrackers in the basement. Uh, or is, I think it's in the basement. Just Maybe it's full in his on, room. like, punk rock legend. <laughs> Pretty smoking hot girlfriend as well. Right. <laughs> Buzz, just living the dream, really. Kevin can only uh, live in the shadow of his cool brother. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It's like imagine being friends with Buzz. No, I can't. I know. It'd be the worst. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I think I guess is Kevin supposed to be about like 7 or 8? I guess. I I don't know. It's hard to really pinpoint how old anyone is here. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of a horrible judge of age cuz I'm like you know, there's part of me that's like, "Oh man, if I would have been like, you know, left home alone at that age, you know, for an extended period of time that, you know, I just would have been like, it would have been like how many things in the house would have been covered and come. Oh, when everyone well, got that's back. the thing. I, would I have mean, been, I would have been fucking everything. I think the big thing for me would have been like, but then I look at I'm going to like, watch every single rated R DVD we have <laughs> to try and find the nude scenes, basically. <laughs> it would have been a race to find nude scenes. Yeah. yeah Cause well, there is. I think maybe intentionally that moment where Kevin finds Buzz's Playboy and he is kind of like not impressed. He's kind of just grossed out by it. Right. And it's so like the, is... the the implication being either he's gay or... <laughs> it's a little too yeah, early. He's not into it yet. Right. Um, I'm looking now and I'm seeing that <clears throat> Macaulay Culkin like imagine, was uh... born in 1980. So he would have been like actually about 10 at this time. Now that doesn't mean the character Kevin McAllister was right. ten, but could have been playing younger. I guess ten was still a little early. If you're, yeah, ten is pretty young still. Yeah, I mean, if you're, although the hormones in the milk at ten, you know, see, <laughs> well, this messing was a while everything ago. up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the hormones in the milk. <laughs> I have to hear say. about that. Yeah, the burgers that we eat. <laughs> um, Throwing everything off. <laughs> It's like that party scene in Home Alone is going on next <laughs> yeah. door. Dude. Just like Did mannequins. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> There's like a cardboard cutout of Michael Jordan going by the window. <laughs> That's like our Christmas party. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, yeah, so everything's kind of going great for Kev. Imagine except... like uh, everyone leaves though and it's like a free Cinemax weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, that's my whole life basically. Yeah, well, that's what I always wanted my life to be. Yeah, well, I'm coming to the conclusion now that I think he's too young. Yeah, asexual at this point. <laughs> he's more interested in like the BB gun and the fireworks and right. uh, those kind of things than watching probably a rated R movie that was invented for the film. Uh, whatever that movie is, Angels 
who have filthy souls. Right. Which I which mean, will be the opening clip of this podcast. Can you imagine if they had that on Blu-ray? <laughs> Vestron <laughs> release. I feel like I am I, I I I've pre-ordered it. I'm right. still waiting for the deluxe steelbook oh, edition. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the soundtrack on vinyl. Um Yeah, I mean he does attempt to watch like a pretty tame looking movie that he's frightened by because of the murder in it or the death whatever just great dialogue though really <laughs> and you know that he's eating the junk food everything's kind of going great he's kind of getting to do what he wants to do he has the freedom right. that he's never experienced in a big family being like the youngest and you know his initial fear kind of comes from like some brief encounters and interactions with old man marley but the real threat is kind of around the corner because we have the uh, Wet Bandits. The Wet Bandits, um, Harry and Marv, played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. The self-proclaimed Wet Bandits. What a name. Well, that's really just uh, yeah, I guess Daniel Stern. Marv. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, they will um, rebrand themselves the Sticky Bandits right. in Home Alone 2, which is kind of gross. Which really, <laughs> I mean, obviously these two aren't supposed to be the brightest, but the the whole... Uh, mark that they leave of like leaving the water running or whatever is that what? It, but yeah. like they flood these houses, it just draws more attention. Well, yeah, and then even at the end when they get arrested, the cops are like, "We're gonna know each and every house you guys hit." Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, well, yeah, great. You left a calling card to because <laughs> it, yes. it's not really like home robberies further. are like not really the same thing as like serial murders. It's not like. If you get busted for robbing a house, that you're all of a sudden going to be implicated in every other robbery in the area. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like people are like building up profiles, really, of even if it's like a lot of robberies. I don't know. I mean, Chicago's most wanted. I mean, I guess it could happen, but it'd be tougher to prove and all that stuff. But then you leave this obvious calling card and they're like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> we know each and every one to charge you with. Big takeaway here. Everyone in the suburbs of Chicago leaves for Christmas. Well, yeah, this is it's also... Like no one home. <clears throat> it's just Kevin and old man Marley. Well, this is reminiscent of another movie we talked about, Knock Knock. Oh, right. Yeah. Where, for some reason, all of the families leave all at once. And- Imagine if you're Kevin and those two chicks show up instead of the wet bandits. <laughs> it's like Ana de Armas and that other chick. <laughs> yeah that would be a whole other movie yeah a much better movie really (laughs) and they 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 eli roth fun deconstruction of home alone (laughs) yeah well the wet bandits kind of decide that the McAllister house is the silver tuna of the neighborhood it does look like a nice prize you know they have vcrs They have I love, the first like, the, VCR in town. I love like the uh, the stuff that burglars want to steal in oh, like yeah. older movies. It's like stuff that you couldn't even give away now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they have like VHS tapes, like Bruce Springsteen video anthology, and <laughs> Angel- how did you even turn that stuff around back then? Like no eBay. Well, I don't know the criminal enterprise fencing operation, etc. Remember that Black part market. in uh, <laughs> Gone Girl where they go into that like abandoned mall to talk yes. to the person that sold her the gun? Yes. Which is like a kind of weird thing. 
And how many years away are we from Century Three Mall being that? Well, <laughs> honestly, it, it kind of right. is that. <laughs> but like, oh, that's kind of like just an unsettling thought. Just like a huge empty <laughs> mall where people are just like selling drugs and guns. Well, yeah, there's definitely like a little corner of the internet uh, where people are like definitely interested in abandoned places. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's that? The like the dark web or whatever. That's not what I meant. Yeah, but, I okay. know. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm acutely aware of. <laughs> so it's not until the flight, like when they're over the. Uh, Atlantic Ocean that um, Kevin's mom Kate realizes that Kevin is missing and so obviously they really can't do anything until they arrive in Paris and it being the holidays in a foreign country it's like you know impossible yeah. to get a flight they laugh in her face when she's like I gotta get back I'm like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but this uh, ticket counter lady a familiar face, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I did. I mean, I didn't really know who she was. Yeah, I can't remember who it was now. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew her from something. All right, cut that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not doing a lot of cutting these days. Peter and the rest of the family go to... I guess they are going to visit his family. They are going to stay with Peter's brother, Rob. And Peter okay. is Kevin's father. Right. You know, the, so they're going to I visit don't feel like, more of them. Yeah, how fucking big are, is this McAllister oh, family? Um, One of the great American families, really. <laughs> you know, and then Kevin's mom ends up getting a flight back to the United States, but she's like going through like Scranton, Pennsylvania, and then oh, she's going Dunder through Mifflin. all these different places. You know, she ends up... Um, meeting john candy yeah she ends up <laughs> traveling with a traveling polka band right. led by john candy and they're on their way to milwaukee in a moving van yeah like in a like a hertz van like a box van kind yeah. of thing kind of a low scale tour bus situation <laughs> I was always kind of fascinated by this when I was a kid. I was like, I, I didn't really understand what this was. Right. I knew that he was talking about music, although I wasn't, you know, really familiar with what polka was. But I'm still not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I know about polka is kind of like those weird owl tracks that right. have the word polka in them, and they they're like did did it did it with like yeah. uh, what do they call that thing? Oh, yeah, with, like, the keyboard on the side, but it squeezes together. Yeah, an accordion. <laughs> yeah, right, the famous accordion. Uh, a staple of the polka industry. Yeah. I think most of the polka music I've heard... And polka is, like, big in Pittsburgh, I think, or yeah, was, because I think it's, like, a Polish thing. Well, I would say uh, former listener of the show slash current girlfriend, Lindsay... Her cousin is in a polka band, and they play gigs all the time. Wait, you said former listener? Yeah, there's uh, been been some issues since the High Fidelity episode. Oh. Let's just say someone was a little unhappy about not getting a, a special call out, and then in the House Bunny episode, current listener, current sister Brittany did get a... Oh, my God. Yeah. I, see, I knew it was a bad yeah. idea to start doing that. Yep. So, but All we'll right. see if we can get her back on board. I, there's probably yeah, a good chance really she'll care. be 
current listener, former girlfriend. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's kind of like, it's kind of a nice little like John Hughes touch here to kind of just bring John Candy into the movie in kind of an unexpected cameo late oh, yeah. in the film where, you know, John Candy and Catherine O'Hara were both on like SCTV and both kind of from that um, Chicago comedy scene. So it's kind of a little reunion there. And uh, this is, I mean, this all kind of occurs later in the film, but we're kind of on that track right now. And that scene of her riding with them in the van and the, the stories that John Candy's telling about <laughs> each of the band members. And, <laughs> and he's like, uh, you know, he's never even met his kids. Now, obviously. <laughs> and all this stuff. Like, he, this one's never even met his kids. They're in a polka band. Right. <laughs> he's acting like they're in, like, Motley Crue. The polka band, uh, pretty harmless, but it is like. This is some sketchy territory here a little bit. I mean, she's just riding in this van with these... Yeah. I mean, I mean in reality, this would have ended in, like, a gang rape murder. Oh, yeah. In a lighthearted kind of comedy, it's kind of just funny. Right, okay. And cutesy. And yeah. just, like, of course, you know, oh, look how far she's willing to go. She's going to sit in this kind of unsafe van just because there's no seatbelts. And if it, like, crashed, they would all be dead instantly, basically. And... Blah, blah, blah. But, like, it, the real danger is kind of, like, not spoken on screen. It's gone from, like, Home Alone to uh, Cemetery Man. <laughs> it's Well, no, it becomes uh, I Spit on Your Grave. Oh. <laughs> Which I did love. Catherine O'Hara uh, just walking nude through the woods after being raped <laughs> by John those, Candy. Uh, I, I did love for anyone who listened to the Silent Night, Deadly Night episode and stuck around for the end for that <laughs> Siskel and Ebert just... Uh, naming everyone involved with the movie and, and saying shame on you, but like <laughs> I love yeah, Cisco compared it to oh, yeah. I spit on your That's grave. I love that that was the other movie that he referenced as like whatever the most despicable movies he's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen uh, I Spit on Your Grave, just brutal rape in it. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, but it's like a fun revenge movie. Though. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, for <laughs> feminists, it's like, okay. <laughs> Who would have thought in the Home Alone episode we'd be getting into I Spit on Your Grave? I'm just saying, it's like, okay, you start off and you're like, all right, this is bullshit. This is crazy. Like, this uh, woman is being uh, raped by all these barbaric men. But then she comes back and, and beats the shit and kills all of them. Well, that was a big part of you know that grindhouse 70s yeah. type movies was like kind of the think, rape revenge movie right but i mean it really just shows like the rise of women i think <laughs> <laughs> all right so marf and harry kind of are hitting like other houses on kevin street and they're kind of like working their way towards his <laughs> assuming that the family is gone it kind of becomes this weird, like cat and mouse situation. We're not where... really getting like a good look at all, like all the, uh, I guess, all their earnings from house to house. It's it's hard to gauge what all they've been able to. Uh, <laughs> you kind of wonder, it's accumulate. like, do they live in that van? Right, because <laughs> <laughs> you never see where like, they're staying. But then it's like, where are they taking these goods? Like you don't get a whole lot of backstory goods. on the yeah. Wet Bandits. Like right. they kind of. They do show them in that one house just randomly I mean, in the living room, like, stealing stuff. Yeah. That's when, like, 
Marf is just being an ass with the crowbar, just smashing everything, making so much noise. It's like broad daylight outside. All said and done, they finished with 13 VCRs. (laughs) Yeah, like home cassette stereo systems. Oh, yeah. Lugging those like giant speakers. Just so not practical. But, you know, they kind of... They think that the McAllisters aren't home, but then Kevin kind of fools them a couple of times using the Angels Who Have Filthy Souls uh, videotape, and um, later on he rigs a bunch of like mannequins and cardboard cutouts to look like a Christmas party right. is happening. Pretty elaborate. Which is insane, um, because as we pointed out, there's no cars to suggest that there's guests, and also... Why do they have so many mannequins in their house? And at what point is it just easier to call the police? Yeah, he doesn't. He seems to be afraid to ever call the police uh, himself. Yeah, I mean, it's just like he's going through these. I mean, it's not like that uh, fake party that he puts <laughs> together is a a quick thing. I mean, as we know, they never are. But uh, <laughs> you know, well, it's like an elaborate. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of engineering and yeah, uh, using like model trains, schematics and ropes going and into and just to put on the ruse that there's people there partying. Yeah, I mean, I feel like even, no cars in the driveway. By the way, yeah, I know. Well, even at that age, I feel like I would have probably called the police pretty early. On. I think so too. I would have hung up as soon as someone answered, though, <laughs> out of panic. Well, I feel like they could have at least provided like. A little bit more of a reason why maybe Kevin would be like afraid to call the police or something, because th- there yeah. is the part where you know eventually his parents are able to get through to a police the police in Chicago. They come, they send an officer out, but it's after he's right. scared of old man Marley, so that he won't answer the door because yep. he thinks it's uh, bang up job by the police. By the way, they're just like, there's no kids here. Yeah, no, don't count their kids yeah, again. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um. Chicago's finest. Yeah. So, eventually, though... I don't really understand what's going on with the Wet Bandits here, though. They're just like, okay, there's a party going on. We'll come back another day. I guess they are home. But they keep staking it out. But that... Well, the part is when they're in... There's a part where they're in the um, the other house. And oh, they yeah. get that And uh, Kevin's dad calls while they're there. That's and true. And they hear that. Yep. And he's like, okay, there is no one there. So then they're like, all right, Something's well, let's up. check it again. They find out the kid's there by himself, basically. Kind of a little bit of a scary scene for me when I was younger was that part where he's like, where Kevin's decorating the Christmas tree, and Harry puts his face up against the glass. Oh, yeah. And he kind of like can see the reflection in the ornament on the tree, like the bulb. Yeah, that is It's kind weird. of a creepy moment. Yeah, I mean, it is weird to think about uh, two adult men uh, that are trying to break into your house just being outside, and you just really have no protection other than the walls other between than you. the phone, which can call the police. That's true. <laughs> that could have solved the problem. So Kevin overhears them discussing plans to break in the house at night. Um, I do always kind of like the fact that they're very specific about the time. Oh, yeah. They're like, we'll be here, well, let's say 9 o'clock. Right. And then like later when it hits 9 o'clock, they're literally like pulling up to the house. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're, like they're on time for an appointment. Synchronized watches. <laughs> 
it's a little crazy that it all kind of is that down to the minute uh in what seems like a casual conversation between two home invaders they really right. stick to that schedule yeah. of robbing houses um i can remember playing like the home alone video game for like sega pretty fun i do remember that there was one i don't know if i ever played it i, I played it a few times and i i remember having some good times but i do think whatever he does uh that like lights them on fire uh-huh. <laughs> i mean pretty intense well yeah i mean marvin harry would be dead oh yeah pretty early this um mad cap what would you even call it like a booby trap oh yeah house of horrors that right. kevin puts together here almost medieval type uh very traps. reminiscent of like the james bond movie skyfall or uh the whole uh cave in the goonies with just those like death <laughs> traps yeah um so it's weird though for some reason yeah i mean i granted i know it's christmas this, I think it's Christmas Eve that this is happening. I mean, I get that it gets dark early around this time of year, but he goes to that church. Oh, yeah, that's a weird scene, really. He goes to the church, and it's already dark out, and it's just like, what are you doing, dude? Either follow be- through with your plan or stay in the church and right. don't go back and just let them rob the house. Years later, we would find out he was less safe in the church. <laughs> Uh, well, it's unclear if it's like a Catholic That's church. That's true, or not. and it, it's in the Chicago area, so he might have been good. <laughs> well, this is where he kind of has his uh, outside the uh, scope of spotlight. Well, this is where he first actually talks to old man Marley, who he finds out is like a nice man who's yeah. kind of like creepily watching his granddaughter sing. Can I say it? You can say it because it's absolutely true. We're all <laughs> thinking it. It's like, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if you become uh like a grandfather or a father even or an uncle <laughs> or anything that's going and you don't you no longer have a wife, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, you don't be around the kids. No. <laughs> it's just <laughs> at least shave and don't have like open wounds on your hands <laughs> <laughs> and well what what other else creepy things he's doing kind of introducing like a dark turn here with this whole uh shattered relationship that he has with his son <laughs> yeah i guess the lesson here is supposed to be like kevin don't fight with buzz don't fight with your family you don't want to end up like whatever's going on here yeah he kind of spins this yarn of like a falling out that he had with his son and his son kind of seems it's like unclear. a real... It's like, does he know? Like, has he ever even officially met his granddaughter? Because It, it doesn't seem that it way, It seems yeah. like the age difference... It seems like he's talking about a time period of not speaking with his son that would go on for a while, and the daughter doesn't look that old. Maybe older than Kevin. I will say I Maybe do... Maybe more in that buzz age range, yeah. but... I respect a good grudge so love it yeah My whole life great is job by the son really kind of sticking to his ground here filled with grudges oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i don't know it's kind of i guess yeah it's just to give kevin like hey the rumors about 
old man Marley are false. He did not murder his family right. with a snow shovel in 1958. Yeah. <laughs> just hit the He's bottle just a little too hard. He's just an old creep who had a fight with his son over something that... Who knows? Yeah. Probably because he was looking at his granddaughter in a weird way. <laughs> he actually, like, grabbed her and uh, told her, like, Santa Claus was evil. <laughs> you better watch out for Santa Claus. <laughs> like oh my god no <laughs> uh but kevin's like yo dude you should reconcile with your son quit being such a weirdo that yeah creep, I, I, creeps around with a, a a trash can filled with salt and right. a shovel and then you just wind up in a church kevin's like this story's supposed to make me trust you <laughs> kevin does have like some great lines throughout this there are like a ton of funny parts to me in this yeah the one about like uh his grandmother giving him like a sweater with a bird on it or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's like, some kid got some kid in my grade got nailed because there was a rumor he wore dinosaur pajamas. <laughs> got nailed. <laughs> yeah, they killed him. Yeah, <laughs> they killed him and buried his body in the playground. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I, I believe it's around this time period where my favorite scene happens i think this is all in the same night it may have been earlier in the film it doesn't really matter where um kevin makes a quick stop maybe even before this church scene um to see that uh like the local uh santa claus oh yeah uh, who we kind of touched on these characters briefly in the silent night deadly night episode this seems to be just like a random setup in like kind of a suburban area where there's like a little Santa house or something, maybe slightly, I don't know, maybe it's near some stores, but we really don't even get that impression. It's just like randomly in a park or something. There's like a little Santa house. And, um, I guess it's a place where like kids can come and, you know, get a picture on Santa's lap and tell them what they want for Christmas and the whole deal. Oh yeah. And he shows up, but it's like dark out, and the Santa Claus guy is leaving, and so Kevin runs over, <laughs> and that guy's like getting in his car. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's like the worst car right. ever. Yeah, and the guy looks like pretty young, which makes it kind of depressing. Yeah, he's probably younger. I mean, that 19... guy, that actor is probably younger in that scene than I am now. Oh. <laughs> He looks maybe in like in his like late twenties, but kind of like a loser. I mean, nineteen ninety, uh, an a Santa making what three fifty an hour, maybe. <laughs> and like, yeah, his elf is kind of like this young chick who's like super hot. <laughs> <laughs> Just every episode. <laughs> well, yeah, and the Santa's like, oh yeah, I'd give you a candy cane, but my elf took them home to her boyfriend. <laughs> And he's like, uh, can we make this quick? Santa's late for a little get-together. <laughs> oh, man. That guy is maybe the most relatable character Oof. for me yeah. in any film I've ever seen. <laughs> Just so depressing. <laughs> um, So Kevin gets it in his head that he's got to really defend the home turf here. Yeah, I mean, he's going all out. This is kind of like capitalist propaganda bullshit, right? Where it's acting like as if um, property and stuff is so much more important than people. Because honestly, the smart thing here, the smart play, would be to 
get I out. know that these guys are coming at this time. Why don't I just tell this old man Marley or the police or Leave. at the very least just stay in this church until they're done and then you know that way they can steal whatever they want but i'll be safe because you know i'm more important than this stuff right you know my family would be more important than this stuff it's just stuff that kind of idea but no it becomes like a very like george zimmerman situation (laughs) of like (laughs) neighborhood watch (laughs) stand your ground yeah (laughs) i don't know it's like it's really kind of a dark message here uh <laughs> and thankfully kevin is just a kid and he doesn't have access to like real firearms but he does have like know. the bb he gun gets a decent amount of weapons together here yeah i mean what um, is the, I, he most of what happens here is just kind of done it's just funny and it's it's great because concussions you, are not funny i guess there's like hours of blooper reel footage that's never been really released of um, Joe Pesci, who was fresh off of the Goodfellas set, believe like straight from Goodfellas to this, oh wow, and would like do these scenes, and they would always end with him being like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you, you fucking piece of shit kid! I'm gonna <laughs> cut your head off!" And they'd be like, "Joe, Joe, 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 this is gonna be rated PG." Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So. You know, Kevin like pours water on the steps and all this stuff, and somehow it turns into this like thick, slippery oh. ice in a matter of minutes. But basically. what is the thing that he does that he like heats up and puts on the door and it burns their hands or whatever? Yeah, it's some kind of like a um, I don't know. I really don't yeah, know what I, that is. I don't either. I know that it, I know those exist though. I've seen that before, but I right. don't really know what it's for. Um, Heating so, stuff up. Yeah, <laughs> they sleep or they slip. Not only on the ice, but then on toys in the house, walk up the steps, get smashed in the face with paint cans. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a lot of damage done to these two dudes. Yeah. I mean, there's there could be like a follow-up uh, with Will Smith as like a doctor. Oh, yeah. It's like a very like special Imploring CTE. someone to tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, Marv or Harry, you know, goes and murders oh, no. their own family yeah. and commits suicide. <laughs> right. But shoots himself in the chest <laughs> to donate oh, no. their brain to science. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Stern does have one of the best male on-screen screams when he steps oh, yeah. on... Uh, or no, when they puts the uh, tarantula on his face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I can't remember exactly what happens, but I, I mean, Joe Pesci's head gets like burned off at the top right yeah that's or- like that was like some sort of a uh that's another like fire starting device that i don't really know it's yeah like some sort of like a blowtorch right kind of thing yeah like a butane torch or something maybe <laughs> and it's so it's so funny too because these guys were <laughs> easily deterred several times to like run away i mean i guess they've convinced themselves that kevin is alone and vulnerable but yeah. it's like at what point is it not worth it yeah, anymore? I mean, the whole idea of like targeting this street in this area was that no one was going to be home and that this would be like easy. Yeah, and like it's this not is feeling not easy anymore. To be, like a huge thing, and then you know part of the whole like plan that Kevin puts together is they run through his like house of booby traps and all this stuff, and at one point from his own 
home phone, he calls the police but says that like his the neighbor across the street's house is being robbed. What is his plan at this part? To get over to that house and get them arrested there because I don't know if there's deleted scenes we don't know about, He's but still he protecting. is determined to not let the police right. know that he is there by himself. Well, we don't because want he this even to... wants this to set because it sets up where once old man Marley saves him, yeah, over in that other house, he ends up back at his house, and the police arrest the criminals there. And there's no... He doesn't even have to answer questions. He's he not really involved. just does not want this to turn into like a social services... I guess. ...situation. But like Old Man Marley hits Marv and Harry with the shovel at the end. Um. Well, hold and on. Whenever they go across the street to the other house, they finally best Kevin. Well, yeah. Uh, this- well, just, I'm jumping to something because it's just bothering me right now. Okay, which let's, is let's do it. Yeah. Why... Does old man Marley just... What is old man Marley doing? Does he not realize that Kevin's by himself? He just saved this little kid from getting murdered by these two psychopaths. He's You see him carry Kevin out of the house after he's knocked them out with the shovel. Right. What happens in that moment? I don't know. He takes he them never... back to an empty house and he's just like, hey, you're good here? Yeah, have fun. Uh, <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. What, well, why didn't he make more of an effort? He's to... making a mental note. Easy prey. Yeah. Old man Marley is a pedo. Right. <laughs> He's like, this is great. Nobody, no adults. I'll come back later. <laughs> He's like, I got to get uh, these douchebags, Marvin Harry, out of the way. Um, He's but like, I, will I say... gotta go open up a an account at a credit union in Nebraska. Oh. Um, anyway, <laughs> I will say I know I wish people would get that reference because it is good. Listen but, to our True Detective series, please. Yeah. Um, I will say though, the part where they actually do catch him, I mean, when they've got their hands on him now, that should be frightening. I mean, two criminals have finally caught this kid that's caused a lot of pain. I mean, doesn't the real life situation here is like. I mean, certainly murder, but I, I would think some degree of maybe torture even beforehand. Well, yeah, that's what's he's going to bite his fingers off, and that's when. Oh yeah, that's when uh, old man Marley shows up. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember this is like one of those. Mo- this is kind. Of, this maybe I don't know if this will come across and make sense, but this is one of those movies that like my parents and like my um, cousins and aunt and uncle and my sisters and everybody we've seen this movie so many times, and for some reason. I guess it's really kind of seen as like a common ground type movie, um, a Christmas classic, uh, a movie that we all saw. Like I went with my, um, aunt, I think, um, cousins and aunt to that sneak preview of Home Alone 2. There's just a lot. There's Over the years at Christmas time or at various points, even now, like nearly 30 years later there's still a lot of discussion about this movie from time to time yeah and different points that get brought up and are debated you would think that this was like inception the amount of times (laughs) that people in my uh extended and immediate family have like discussed and debated different things from this movie and one of the things that always kind of i guess came up or at least this was like an early kind of discussion point it's like well why do they follow him across the street after everything that happened in the other house, now they know he's not in there. Why don't they just steal what they're going to steal? 
I guess it's because they're pissed and they just want to kill him at that point. Yeah. But and rightfully so, really. I mean, he's really been a pest. Yeah, but you would think like. Although now we've gone from stealing VCRs to the murder of a child. Plus, they've been outsmarted the whole way. So yeah, you, even though they do kind of trick him and they go the other way and they meet, you know, he goes through the basement and he opens the door into the kitchen of the neighbor's house. Yeah, they're there. They were finally able to. You would outsmart. still think that they would be, yeah. they would maybe be questioning themselves even at that point, being like, I don't know if we should even go in this house because who oh, knows I know. what's about to happen. Yeah, we've literally been killed all night. Um. <laughs> We're dead, Harry. <laughs> we, we're ghosts yeah. at this point. Um, <laughs> we're dead. Some Harry. other things that always get brought up. It's like um, there's a, there's. I remember like my uncle having a lot of confusion over the end where Kevin's dad like finds uh, Joe Pesci's like gold tooth because they don't really. It's not really like a moment that gets like a lot of like emphasis. Like both the part where. Uh, Joe Pesci realizes the gold tooth gets knocked out, and then even when like Kevin's dad finds it, it's not really clear. It's just like this little thing, and he'd always be like, "What is that?" But yeah, a lot of like weird debate and discussion about different things, like moments that I like normal that. people would th- like have thrown away a long time ago. Because <laughs> I think, like I said, I feel like people in my family have watched this movie. More than any other movie by far. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did the whole thing with the the treehouse happen before they go across the street? Yeah. Okay. That was like, hey, yeah. He leaves from like the upper floor of his house across that like he like. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, the whole. What can we really say about no, I mean, the whole sequence? I mean, they they should be dead. Yeah, and at the very least, uh, at when, this point, if, what are I they mean, getting if you're, out of? This? Okay, if Daniel Stern's character he falls down those steps that lead to the basement door, yeah. which you would be dead. Your oh, body would yeah. be, at the very least, you'd be in a lot of pain. Uh, several broken bones, I would say. He then. <laughs> it is funny to me that he's walking up. <laughs> the basement steps and there's all that tar or whatever on it and his his shoes and socks get pulled off by the tar (laughs) and he just keeps going like why does he keep walking why wouldn't you be like oh i gotta like make sure i don't lose my shoes and socks i mean kevin just a great job really setting all this stuff up i mean i feel like i would have tried to set one trap and just completely fucked it up yeah yeah i mean obviously Everything kind of works out perfectly so that these traps all get because he puts those Christmas ornaments by that oh, window, yeah. but they only would be effective if Daniel Stern had already lost his shoes and socks. If he's wearing his <laughs> boots, I mean, it's not going to matter. No. That he's stepping on Christmas ornaments, so it's yeah. like you know, very it, well <laughs> planned out by Kevin. Really, <laughs> just uh, a genius yeah. stroke of moves like all throughout. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, his mom shows up. Yeah. Everything kind of is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the wet bandits arrested. Yeah. I guess like he manages to keep the whole wet bandits thing a secret from his family. But again, you're kind of like. For some reason. Yeah. I guess like in a weird way, though, I guess it's kind of believable. I mean, the house would be trash. Kids tend to. 
keep things like a secret sometimes because I don't know. They're always like afraid that they'll get in trouble, even if it's like something really kind of beyond their control. I don't know. I, I do kind of feel like it's kind of believable. Not, I mean, basically this movie of course is unbelievable, but like <laughs> the idea that something like big could happen, but like the kid kind of isn't sure how the parents would react. So they're not going to like say anything about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't you know, know. That's how like predators and stuff are right. able to operate. For- <laughs> yeah. Chris Hansen, come have a cookie. Uh, Really though, though I I think it's the most iconic scene from this movie though, or, or the the thing that was always shown in commercials or when they're gonna air this on TV is the part where he uh, puts I guess the aftershave on his yeah. face and then screams. I'm not sure that when I was a kid I I understood what was going on here at all. Uh. Now older, I get it, but it's not really funny. <laughs> I don't know. I know it is one of those things that somehow became very iconic. Um, it's still like the cover of like the movie, and it's like the poster, and it's like this whole thing. And you, and it is like one of those like it, you know if they were doing like a countdown of like memorable moments from Christmas movies, this would be the moment they would probably pick from Home Alone. Yeah. And I don't really know why, because you're right. I mean, it doesn't really seem funny. Yeah, I don't know. I guess like, and as a kid, I didn't even get it. I, I, yeah, I think I I needed it explained to me too. I didn't really understand what was happening. I mean, it is kind of funny. He is kind of like a in that little moment because you know they do have like a very uh, you know upper middle class oh, type yeah. bathroom it, it it is very like miniature patrick bateman <laughs> <laughs> he's just like because he and he's like narrating what he's oh, doing yeah. too kind of the same way like at the beginning of american psycho listening to whitney houston <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i don't know man i yeah. i it's it's kind of a fun family movie um has there like in the last uh yeah that's you know, 27 true. years has there been another does this model movie? i mean does this model for movies really exist anymore well i think we we kind of talked about this a little bit on the honey i shrunk the kids movie last year they don't there aren't a ton of like live action kids movies that really catch on that are like blockbuster hits yeah not really most yeah. most like kids movies are like some sort of Pixar, either digitally animated or like a lot of digital special effects, or you know, just not really like kind of a grounded in reality type. Yeah, not that shrinking kids is that, but you know what I mean, right? Like where the people are kind of just normal people, uh, even if the situation yeah. isn't normal. Kids, uh, in these cat and mouse games versus adult criminals and uh overcoming the odds and beating them <laughs> yeah not re- not really uh something that is happening a lot in the mainstream movies these days but uh, everything now is just the franchises i mean but could you even see like home alone being uh rebooted at this point well it probably will yeah at some point and it probably won't really like, make much of an impact yeah people won't care in a weird way and this is going to sound maybe crazy but 
there are parts of Home Alone that almost like are reminiscent of like 1970s filmmaking, like classic American filmmaking. Because there's just like a lot of like, not like to the extent, but it's into like the late 80s and even into the 90s, which is when this came out. There's kind of a more of just like a a trust in the audience to kind of climb inside the lives of the characters rather than make everything like kind of this homogenized similar you know universal feeling kind of thing it's like because there's parts in it that are very like specific to like you know these characters and there are parts of it that you'd have to like think about or whatever or whatever and it's kind of like there isn't a joke every like three seconds or there isn't like a big special effects moment every three seconds it's kind of like it's more built on like there's not a cameo of a Marvel universe <laughs> superhero. Yeah, now it would be like Ant-Man would run in. Yeah. Um no, I just uh, it's hard to explain what I mean, but it's like I made a joke earlier about the Bruce Springsteen video anthology and it's just like that's like casually like a VHS tape that you see that the McAllisters own. You know, there's a whole sequence where he goes and tries to buy that toothbrush and then he like ends up accidentally stealing it because he gets scared of old man marley you know oh, yeah like these little like moments where it's just like it's more just about taking your time with like the story kind of playing out rather than kind of that like faster pace like boom 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 kind of like feeling of like most movies now and i think a perfect kind of comparison would be if they remade this movie now it chicago would, would be like blowing up by the end of it it would well yeah it would feel like this new jumanji movie or it would definitely be more reminiscent of even home alone 3 or something where it kind of like misses the heart of home alone and is more about like how crazy can we make right pranks and booby traps and like the kid is kind of an unlikable smart ass and it's just like yeah this is not it's like and this it's kind of like in what way can we fit the rock into the cast it kind of becomes a copy of 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 a copy before it, <laughs> you you're left with something that's only vaguely reminiscent of the original and it's i don't know there's it, this is it's a silly children's movie but it but what I, I guess what i'm saying is you know written by john hughes directed by chris columbus um kind of two vets of this oh yeah genre in this time period and who kind of made a lot of successful things it's kind of just like there's a certain um reality to it that's yeah i mean jumanji is like a great example because that is another one where it's like okay the original movie is like this ridiculous uh story but it's fun and unique and kind of neat uh and this new one just looks like it could be any movie. It's an action movie with The Rock. Right. It could be Fast and the Furious in it the does, Jungle. Does it have Jack Black in it, too? Yeah. And, and Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. Yeah. Wow. Three for three on yeah. the trifecta Exactly. Awesome. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, how long did you set this for? Uh, like an hour and 45 minutes, okay. so we should be good. <laughs> but we, we should wrap it somehow up. Somehow we knew uh, this was going to be a long one. Is this the last episode of the year, or are we trying to... Well, I'll we say this. Uh, I don't know what when the uh, it's hard to gauge when our episodes are gonna post. Yeah, that's but, true. But um, I will say that 
I'm, we're, we're not going to announce any kind of a break right now, so there'll yeah. just be a new episode when it gets done. <laughs> Good news for everyone. Uh, no Twin Peaks episodes planned for 2018. Uh, yeah, no more Twin Peaks. Um, I think we mentioned before kind of a little bit of a break on the Give Us the Seconds in general for yeah. at least a little bit. Um, we're going to do... I think right now I think it'd be safe to say that we're going to do like a couple more of our own episodes before we jump back and finish out the listener requests. I know a couple of listeners are already excited to try to get in like a round two of requests. I didn't make yeah. any promises yet. Um, I know someone who still thinks maybe they have a request for the first round, but I have not brought it up. All right. <laughs> Though even mailing us a DVD was mentioned as an option. All right, we'll talk we'll, we'll have to talk about that off mic. Um <laughs> So, follow the show on Twitter at @greatestpod. Um You know, subscribe on iTunes, continue to tell your friends and we appreciate everyone listening and uh, the support we've gotten with the listeners. Happy holidays. Great. Yeah, happy holidays. Um, I, even if this ends up getting posted after Christmas or whatever, obviously it's a holiday season, so enjoy that. Um, and uh, I don't know. Is there anything else? Uh, no, let's uh, get out of this. Yeah, so thanks for listening and. Um,